All right, Matthew chapter 16, the Lord would help us in verse 13. We're going to read verse 13 through 18. Can we all stand across the house for the reading of God's word today, if you're able? The Bible reads, it says, and when Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But who do ye say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to read that again. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. By the help of the Lord, I want to preach on the master builder this morning. The master builder. Would you help me pray this morning? Would you just lift up your hands and lift your voice and begin to call on call on God this morning and believe him. Father, we're just so thankful for the opportunity to be in your house this morning, Lord, and we don't take it lightly that we have the liberty in this nation to seek you together corporately, Lord. There's people all across this world that are hiding in caves and on rooftops, but Lord, we have the liberty to come into your house this morning and to worship you in spirit and in truth. So Father, we just ask that your spirit would be here to draw us higher, to encourage us, to challenge us. God, to move us closer to your kingdom come and your will to be done. God, we can do nothing without your spirit this morning. So we ask that you would help us and grant us grace and wisdom to preach your word. And we'll give you all honor and glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. This is the word of God this morning. And I pray you would receive it as such. Amen. Amen. Can everybody say amen for me? Everybody say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory. All right. So if you don't amen me, it's not because you can't. I know that you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> amen. Here we are. In the book of Matthew chapter 16, and this is such a pivotal moment in the book of Matthew. If, if, this, if the book of Matthew was a song, you would say this is the bridge. This is the transition from what Jesus has been doing in his ministry. And he's getting ready to leave this world. And this is the bridge that, that, that brings between what he's been doing and what he's about to do. And the place he is is in Caesarea Philippi. And if you don't know about this place in history, this is a place filled with false religion. It was where Jeroboam, Solomon's son, who reigned as king after him, introduced the worship of Baal. It was here 
that idolatry was introduced to the people of Israel. Rome had taken over and brought their idols and their false gods. Even the name of the city was named after Caesar, Caesarea Philippi, and the god that they thought was the Roman government. And they worshipped it as so. And in Caesarea Philippi, there was a giant rock that towered over this city. And that rock, in the sides of that rock, you would see carvings. Carvings of false gods. And there'd be a god here. The god, there'd be a worship to Zeus here. And then there was a temple that was made to the, the goddess Pan the God of fertility. And then, and then there's a, a giant temple to Zeus and to the Roman government. And that is here at the backdrop of what Jesus is trying to say. But then not only that, is in that, in that giant rock there was a cave. A giant mouth and an opening that in that cave there was a spring. And they believed at the bottom of that spring was Hades. The place of the gods. The underworld. And therefore, they called the mouth of this cave the gates of Hades or the gates of hell. So now you have a backdrop when Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. What's the rock? Many argue that it's Peter, but if that's true, eventually the church is going to fail. Eventually, the church is going to die because Peter will die. But it's not Peter that's the rock, but it's Peter's confession. That all these false gods are on this rock, but you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Zeus is dead, he's not real. Pan is dead and he's not real. But you, you are the son of the living God. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the backdrop. Of this message. It's the backdrop. Of all these false gods. And all these false dead religions. But there's a living God. And this living God has a son. And his name is Jesus. I want to give you a few testimonies. From the church. From church history. The first time the gates of hell. Tried to attack. It was on the builder himself. They crucified the Lord of glory. And the gates of hell appeared to prevail for at least three days. But three days later, our Savior arose in triumphant victory. Though it seemed the gates had prevailed, he made a promise. And he meant to keep it. In Acts chapter 8, the church was staying in the comfort of their homes and not going out like they were commanded to Judea and Samaria and all the other parts of the world. And God allowed persecution to come, which scattered the church throughout the regions. The church may have stayed local and bound by their comfort. See, sometimes the gates of hell isn't just persecution. Sometimes it's comfort. Sometimes it's convenience. Sometimes I don't want to do God's work because my life is just easy right now. It's comfortable. And so God allowed persecution to come. And, but you know what the next verse says? That when persecution came, it says, Therefore those that were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. The, the gates of hell could have prevailed by way of convenience. But, but God allowed persecution to come that the church may be built. 
because he made a promise and he intends to keep it. Let's fast forward 1,400 years. The Dark Ages had been the title of the times for over a 1,000 years. At the brink of the 16th century, the Roman Catholic Church had ruled for over a 1,000 years. And if what you were doing leads the world to a place called the Dark Ages, you may want to check what you're doing. The world is covered in darkness, and heresy has filled the church world, thinking that we could save ourselves by good works, and it's the grace of God plus whatever I can provide him. And it seems as though the gates of hell has prevailed, but then a little flicker of light in the dark ages. A flower blooms in the desert land and God raises up a Martin Luther to stand against the Roman Catholic Church and revival sweeps through the the dark ages and the Protestant Reformation is born. What was happening? Christ was keeping his promise. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Fast forward a, a couple hundred years again. And now greasy grace has infiltrated the mist and the minds of the church. People thought that because God's grace was so forgiving that they could live however they wanted to and still casually walk into heaven. This time of spiritual apostasy reached its peak and sin filled the church. Does it sound familiar? Greasy grace filled the land and people thought I can live how I want to because God forgives. I can do whatever I want to do. He's always forgiving. But in the midst of that, the gates of hell had had launched another attack to destroy the church. Another heresy had risen. And while Satan had declined back thinking, success had finally come to his plan. God raised up a Mr. John Wesley. And Mr. Wesley preached that the grace of God has appeared unto all men, teaching them that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live godly and soberly in the present times, that the God who justifies also sanctifies. And he, he will receive me as I am, but he won't keep me that way. Oh, can anybody say he took me as I was, but when I came in contact with God Almighty, I didn't stay the same way. He transformed my mind. He renewed my heart, and now I'm not who I used to be. Oh, hallelujah. I hear people all the time say, well, yeah, I've been saved, but their life is filled. They, they, don't, eat, they don't seek God. They don't try to live a holy life. How can you come in contact with God and not be changed? Think about it. Almighty God that formed the worlds. And you know him, but you don't live any different. Oh, come on now. If an 18, if I was late this morning, say I was late to church, and they had to start the first worship song without me. There's nobody to keep a beat. And all of a sudden I show up and say, I'm sorry, guys, I'm late. And I was changing my tire in the road, and one of the bolts went out into the middle of the road. And so I went to pick it up, and an 18-ton logging truck going 120 miles an hour was coming at me. It hit me, and now I'm late. What would you say? You'd say, you are either an incredible liar, or you are just out of your mind. Why? Why is that, Brother Chris? 
Because you can't come in contact with an 18-ton logging truck going 120 miles an hour and not be changed by it. If you can't, is God less than a logging truck? Is God less than something man-made? I believe if you come in contact with Almighty God, you won't get up the same. You won't walk the same like Jacob. He wrestled with God and he walked different every day for the rest of his life. How many say I've been changed by this Christ? I've been changed by this gospel. Oh, hallelujah. Why did God raise up a man? Because he made a promise. And he's a master builder. He said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Do you hear that? He didn't say, I'll raise up preachers to build my church. He took responsibility. I will build my church. Why the history lesson? We look back that we may look forward today. We see that what Christ has done, and we are encouraged of what he will do. For he is the same yesterday, today, and yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same, so if he did it then, he can do it now. Now let's look at his promises for you this morning. Sissy, will you put up 1 Corinthians chapter 5, oh, 1 Thessalonians, excuse me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. And I want you to see this promise towards you this morning. Because you are his church. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How can that be possible? How can I be blameless? How can I live a life that's holy and acceptable? How can I be kept in a world filled with darkness? Let's read on. For faithful is he that calleth you. Oh, come on, somebody. Who will also do it. Oh, I wish that if you're going through hell this morning, I wish you would call on him and say, Faithful is he that called me, and he will do it. What's he going to do? He's going to build his church. He's going to keep me. He's going to preserve me until the day of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Can you put this in the Amplified, sissy? I read this, and I want you to see this. This is just, it's just too good. The same, the same verse in the Amplified, if you don't mind. Am I helping anybody today? Amen. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. <laughs> through and through. What does that mean? Nothing's left out. He's going to sanctify my mind. He's going to sanctify my emotions. He's going to sanctify my heart. He's going to sanctify my words. He's going to sanctify my life through and through and separate you from profane things, make you pure and holy, consecrated to God. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete. Would you say that sound and complete, sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Messiah. Next verse. Faithful is he who is calling you. He didn't just call you. He's calling me today. Oh, the calling doesn't stop. 
Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful he called me that one day I got saved. But he's always calling me. And where is he calling me? Is he just calling me out of the world? Is he just calling me away from sin? Is he just calling me out of the ways of the world? No, he's calling you to himself. Oh, come on, somebody. He's calling you to himself. It's not enough that I just start dressing different and start acting different. He wants you to know him. Faithful is he who has called you to himself, and he is utterly trustworthy. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Oh, would you tell your own soul that? He is utterly trustworthy. Hallelujah. And he will also do it. What's he going to do? He's going to fulfill his call by hallowing and keeping you. He's a God that keeps. I'm thankful that his power saved me. But his power also keeps you. Anybody say he's been utterly trustworthy. When situations didn't seem right, when I felt like I was lost and didn't know where to go, he has been utterly trustworthy. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Hebrews 10 and 23. It says, let us hold fast to our faith without wavering. How can I do that? Look at this world, how dark it is. How can I hold fast? How can I stand in such an evil day? How can I do the work of the Lord? How can I do what God has called me to do? How can I raise my children to love and fear the Lord? How can I keep myself from sin? How can I stay faithful to my marriage? How? There's only one truth, and it's found in parentheses. For he is faithful that promised. Oh, would you lift your hands and say, Lord, you're so faithful. Oh, hallelujah, you're faithful to your promise. You're faithful to what you said you're going to do. What he say he was going to do? Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell won't prevail. Church, you're a part of that. If you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, you are a part of that church. And he will keep you. Why? For he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. Oh, if he wasn't faithful, we wouldn't stand a chance. If he wasn't faithful, how could I go on? How could I press on? How could I go through trials and dark times? Oh, but he is faithful. But can I tell you, he's not just faithful to the church as a whole, but he's faithful to me. Oh, hallelujah. He's faithful to me. He's not just faithful to my pastor. He's not just faithful to the worship team. He's faithful to me. Hallelujah. Can you say that to yourself? He's faithful to me. He's faithful to me. Now let's consider who is the one that has made this promise. Is it not the one who formed the worlds in the midst of chaos? In the midst of nothing, he brought everything. And when the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the waters, was it not this God that moved upon the face of the deep and made something beautiful out of chaos? Is it not the one who left all of heaven for you, that lived a perfect life for you? Is it not the one that has conquered all sin? The one who's defeated death, hell, and the grave. Every enemy you will ever face, he's conquered it. 
Is it not the Lord of glory that has promised to build his church? Let me ask you this then, can he fail? Can he fail? Can he fall short of what he promised? I hope you see where we're going this morning. Luke chapter 14, verses 28 through 30. Luke chapter 14, 28 through 30. Jesus says this. He's talking to his disciples about counting the cost of following him. And he says this, for which of you intended to build a tower sits not down first and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he's laid the foundation, he's not able to finish it. And all that behold it begin to mock him. Jesus says if a man starts to build something but cannot finish it, people will mock him and scorn him because he's a fool. Now let me ask you something. Do you think that Jesus, who died and was buried and resurrected on the third day, resurrected from death, brought himself back to life, do you think he has started something that he can't finish? Do you think that Jesus saved you but's not able to keep you? Do you think Jesus has established his church but is not able to see it through until the end, until it's done? Can I tell you, Jesus is going to finish his church. He started it. He's going to finish it. Oh, hallelujah. Would you shout it? Give him a shout of praise this morning. He's going to finish it because he's a faithful builder. He is the master builder. Would God start something that he couldn't finish? Shall God be mocked when his name is on the line? His name is on his church. Brother Sal is a good businessman. Has a great successful business. Brother Sal, if you got a job and your name's on the line, would you start it if you couldn't finish it? No. Would you leave it half done and walk off the job? Would you do a half-hearted job to where it wasn't the best of the best? What about you, Brother Grady? They call you for a job. They know your name. And they call you. And your men don't do the job right. Your name's on the line. Many of you, there's many of you that have different businesses and do different things. And your name is on the line. And if you, being carnal, you being mere flesh and bones, if you are faithful to finish a job you started and to make sure it's done right, how much more with the Lord of glory when his name is on the line, when he has said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. If Brother Sal's word is as good as gold, if Brother Grady's word is as good as gold, how much more? Is the Lord Jesus when he said, I will build it. And if I start it, I will finish it. Can you say amen? So what do I need to do, Brother Dalton, with my life? What do I need to do? Well, when it comes to the church of the living God, it is his name that is on the life. His name that is on the line. If I need a good concrete job, I'm going to get the, I'm not going to try to do it myself. I'm going to get it into Brother Sal's hands. 
Oh, come on, somebody. If there's some power lines down in my yard, I'm not going to try to fix it myself. I'm going to call Brother Grady, and I'm going to put it in his hands and trust that he is going to make sure it's done. So why don't this morning you start dedicating everything to his hands? Hallelujah. you got to get it in his hands. Your marriage, you got to get it in his hands. Your children, you got to get them in his hands. Your ministry, your job, your finances. Would you raise your hands and say, Lord, I put it in your hands. Oh, I put it in your hands, God. Oh, hallelujah, you got to get it in his hands. Why? Because he's the master builder. And he can take ashes and make beauty. He can take your, get your ashes out of your hands and give them to him. He can take mourning and turn it into joy. He can take nothing and make the worlds. He can take sinners and make a royal priesthood and a peculiar people this morning. You got to get it in his hands. You got to get it in his hands. Oh, I feel we're right now, would you just say, Lord, it's yours. I give it to you. I give it to you. Oh, the master builder, I give it to you this morning. Jesus never starts something he doesn't plan to finish. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, and I am convinced. Oh, come on, somebody. Is that enough for somebody right there? I'm convinced. And I am sure. Those sounds like concrete words to me. Sister Denise, I am convinced and I am sure of what? Of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ, right up until the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. He's going to complete what he started. But what's the key? What do I got to do? The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4, Zechariah is the king during this time, or the prophet during this time, and Joshua is the high priest, and Zerubbabel is the king. I'm not going to ask you to repeat that name, Zerubbabel. It's a tongue twister. Zerubbabel is the king during this time, and Joshua is the high priest. And what's the, what's the holdup? They're trying to build the temple. That's the purpose of the book of Zechariah. They're trying to rebuild the temple. Solomon's temple has been destroyed, and they're trying to rebuild a temple. And God has words for Zechariah to tell the people, when you build my temple, it will not be by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And it's the same thing with Jesus today. If he's going to build his church, he didn't come in great military power. He didn't come in, in political might, but he came by the spirit today. So what's the key? If I want to be built up, if I want to be a part of the kingdom, you got to get in the spirit this morning because it's in the spirit that he's raising up a church. It's in the spirit that he's calling missionaries. It's in the spirit that he's raising up a people. He's raising up a remnant in these last days. Oh, would you lift your hands and say, I got to get in the spirit. I got to get in the spirit. We can't afford coming in Sunday after Sunday, just walking in in the flesh. We got to come in ready for the word of God, and we got to walk out ready to reach a world. How can we reach this world in such an evil time? It's not by might, 
nor by power. This world doesn't need your eloquent words. It doesn't need your formulas. It doesn't need just a pizza party. It needs a people of the Spirit. It needs the church of Jesus Christ to get in the prayer closet and pray until the Spirit shows up. To push back the plate and say, I'm not doing it till the Spirit shows up. To come in in this church, laying in this altar, say, I won't be satisfied until we have revival. We must have the Spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. We must have his spirit flowing in and through the church. That that is a comfort to me, to know it's not on my shoulders. It's on his. He said, I will build my church. All I got to do is get in the spirit. Stay in the word. Hallelujah. I got to pray. I got to worship. And Jesus said he'll do the rest. I just got to seek his face. I got to seek his face this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, would you just pray right now and say, Lord, help me walk in the Spirit. Oh, help me to walk in the Spirit, Lord. Help me to walk in the Spirit. What do the gates of hell look like in your life right now? What does it look like it's trying to come to destroy you? What's the gates of hell in your life? Is it bitterness? Is it secret sin? Is it disappointment? Is it comfort or convenience? Is it broken relationships? Is it divorce? What is it that is trying to attack your life and destroy the purpose of God in your life this morning? Can I tell you, the gates of hell shall not prevail against your life. If you just stay close to the builder. If you'll just cling to that master builder, I promise you, he's building you up. He's building you up, and he won't stop until it's done. You just got to stay close to him. Don't give up. I know you're tired. I know you're weary, but don't give up. He's still building. He's still raising up. He's still calling missionaries. He's still raising up pastors. Oh, hallelujah. He's still saving lost people. I didn't plan to preach long this morning. They're getting ready to come back to the music. I believe the Lord wants to do something today in these altars. I didn't want to preach long. I want you to have plenty of time to pray. Because I believe the Lord. I know the Lord. I've been praying all weekend. Just believing God and just knowing he's going to help somebody today. He's still working on me. Can you say amen? Oh, turn to somebody and say, he's still working on me. Making me what I ought to be. I don't know the whole song. He's still working. I, I wish I'd get a shirt for everybody that says, pardon the noise, under construction. We need some signs on this altar. If somebody's weeping, don't worry, he's just building. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, if there's tears stained in this carpet, don't worry. He's just building. Oh, hallelujah. If you see me not eating for a while, don't worry. He's just building. If you see me running these aisles, don't worry. He's just building. If you see me jumping for joy, don't worry. He's just building. If you see me going to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday, don't worry. He's just building me up. Glory to God. He's building me. Even when I don't see it, he's working. I didn't know they were singing that this morning. It just went right along. When I don't see it, 
Can I tell you? However the gates of hell may be manifesting in your life right now. It may be through doubt and anxiety. It may be you're battling depression day in and day out. Brother Scott, maybe you're just putting in his hands. You're just trying to trust him, man. Doing the best we can. Maybe you're in school just trying to be a witness. And you feel like you're falling short. Maybe you once walked close to the Lord and you doubt that you could ever get back to that place again. Sister Diana, maybe your mind's just always in turmoil. Just always struggling with fear and anxiety and doubts. But can I tell you this morning, I wish you'd lift, wish you'd tune your ears into the Spirit this morning. Tune your ears into the Spirit and hear what's going on. What's Jesus doing in the Spirit? I may can't see anything, but if you can just listen, He's working. If you can just listen out for Him, He's working in your life this morning. If you can just tune your ears to hear what the Spirit's saying. How did John make it? The beloved, John the beloved, John the revelator, he was boiled in hot oil, boiled alive. Being beaten and scorned and imprisoned. Eventually they threw him on the Isle of Patmos with a bunch of crazy people out of their minds. How did he make it through? He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He got in the spirit. He said, I'm not going to worry about what's still going on to my right or to my left or behind me, in front of me. I'm going to get in the spirit. I'm going to seek God no matter what. I'm going to trust him no matter what. Sister Sissy, if you got that ready, can you hear him today? He's building, he's being faithful. To what he promised. Would you tune your ears? I can't see anything. I can't see anything, but I know there's something working. I know that he's building. Will you listen? He's building my joy. He's building up my faith. He's building my peace. He's building my character. He's building my marriage. Oh, do you hear him? He's building your children. He's building your ministry. Can you hear him this morning? He hadn't stopped working. Oh, he hadn't stopped working. Would you stand all across this building? He hadn't stopped working. He's still working, Sister Brenda. He's still working. He's still working. Would you hear it in the spirit? Oh, he's still building his church. He's still building his church this morning. You know, for the past few months, I feel like it's probably been a year or so, I've seen a sign outside of the circle across from Sonic. And I've kept hearing rumors of Buffalo Wild Wings is coming. Buffalo Wild Wings is on its way. And for months, I just, me and Brother Austin, excited. We ain't got to drive all the way to Dothan. We got a Buffalo Wild Wings coming. But for months, all I could see was a pile of dirt. 
For months, all I saw was just red clay laying out in 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 an open space. The next thing I know, I see pipes coming up. They're working on the plumbing. And next thing I know, I see a foundation starting to get laid. And all of a sudden, walls start going up. And the other day, I know it's not done yet, but I saw a sign on the side of the building, Buffalo Wild Wings. It's not done yet, but somebody's name was on that job. But you know what's kept me hopeful? There was a sign out front that said, coming soon. Buffalo Wild Wings is coming soon. I wish you would go to the front yard of your life and say there's a man of God coming soon. Oh, my children are serving God coming soon. My ministry's coming soon. Sister Callie, a a missionary's coming soon. Hallelujah. Peace is coming soon. I'm bound by depression. Why don't you put a sign out? Joy's coming soon. Why? Because his name's on the job. And he will be faithful and finish what he started. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you got children that aren't serving God, I pray in the spirit you'd go to their house and put a sign that said deliverance is coming soon. Salvation is coming soon. Hallelujah. Whatever you're worried about this morning, whatever racks your mind, you got to get it in his hands. You got to get it in his hands because he's going to perfect it. He's going to develop it. He's going to complete it. But I got to get it in his hands. Brother Scott, we're doing our best. We just got to get it in his hands. My baby's running from God. <laughs> you just got to get it in his hands. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, would you just begin to call on him in this house right now? Whatever it is, you're struggling with anxiety, just get it in his hands. Oh, hallelujah. You want to see your lost family saved, just get them in his hands. And put a sign up. Joy is coming soon. Salvation's coming soon. Brother Bill, I'm thankful for what God's done in your life. But for months since the Whitney, we didn't have no signs and no walls coming up. We didn't see no foundation laid. We just saw Sister Whitney up in this altar coming soon. Coming soon, Bill's coming back. Coming soon, he'll be sitting next to me. Coming soon, he'll be raising these babies with me. Coming soon. Oh, hallelujah. He's a master builder this morning. And he doesn't make mistakes. Oh, Brother Lathan, you remember that? We was doing a Bible study and the Bible says that we're saved by grace alone. Not of our works, lest any man should boast. But it says, but we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You know what Brother Lathan told me? 
You know, Jesus was a carpenter, right? And everything he did was perfect. When Jesus made a table, remember Brother Lathan? Jesus doesn't make wobbly tables. If you're his workmanship, it's going to be made right. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You're his this morning. You're going to be made right. So I wish you'd come across this house. You start coming to this altar and say, Lord, I put it in your hands. And I'm just going to put up a sign that says peace is coming soon. Joy is coming soon. The baptism of the Holy Ghost coming soon. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.